Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Casually Kicking Sports. Oh boy, that was terrible. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Casually Kicking It Sports. Um, this is a branch off of our regular Casually Kicking It podcast, where we talk about sports. Sometimes we tink- tinker into like the world of NBA. I was gonna say something else too. Uh, the world of uh, NFL. Uh, more fantasy talk. We also include our fantasy football league. Um, with that further, uh, without further ado, let's continue with this show. Uh, we've got Tony in the building, G What's in up? the building, Ed Flying Pilot. Of course, Tony's back from Secret Assignment. We've got Santos is back, and tonight we got a special guest with Mike, who is part of our fantasy football league. And uh, where do we want to begin? Since well, we just like restarted this whole conversation we're we're all in the same fantasy football league together and there's been a lot of talk going on a lot of different trades a lot of things going on in the fantasy world so we're gonna break that all down for you guys today um like ed said we've got a couple people on the phone and um got a couple topics for you guys today but we're gonna start off with um one of our favorite league mates mike demonico um had an interesting strategy this year because we're an auction league we're not a snake draft league and what does that mean gianni or no what does that mean tony go ahead you, you grab the mic no i mean explain obvi- what the difference between auction and snake draft uh an auction league the difference is we're a grown-up league and nothing oh! more needs to be said if you're still doing snake drafts in 2023 grow up please Figure it out. All right. Figure it out. It's not that difficult. And in the past, Mike has fallen asleep in the middle of a of the draft because it takes so damn long, too, because <laughs> that sucker takes a long time. Yeah. What is it, like four hours almost? We kept him awake this time, though. We were all in the same room drafting. Yeah, so. that's true. So, um, the strategy that Mike had this year. Yeah, we need to break it down. Because we've we've never seen something like this before. We haven't seen somebody, you know, I guess you could call it the saving for a rainy day draft. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He was going for the value picks. Right, Mike? Yeah, I went for the value picks. I didn't want to go for the superstars this year. I've done it every other year. And I'm assuming that everybody's spending $70 Within the first, you know, 15 minutes of the draft. Yeah. Leaves him with a lot of options later on to basically outbid everyone for everybody he wants. Yeah. Which is, I'm assuming, what his idea was. So, Mike, what is, like, now that you're two weeks in, do you have an idea or a strategy of how you're going to turn the ship around? No, I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair so, enough. So, Mike, as you go through your day-to-day life and, you know, fantasy being so important, we're in our group chat pretty much every day, all day, talking about something. How do you live with the regret that you must be feeling after your terrible draft, respectfully? I don't have any I don't have any regrets. I'll did if I'd have done anything differently, I'd have drafted a better quarterback, maybe one big name player. So, who is your quarterback right now? My quarterback is Kenny Pickett, who had two tough games. So, what did you see in him preseason that made him like your sleeper choice to choose? 
And what have you seen from him the first two games? And do you think he can turn it around? Yeah, I think he'll turn it around. I mean, he played, what, 49ers in defense in Cleveland? Yeah, I mean, those are two top five defenses to start off the year. He he had a great preseason, but I know, you know, that was second string, third string players. He's not always the starters. I think he'll be be okay. He'll turn it around. He was the preseason MVP. That doesn't mean much. Yeah. I mean, didn't the Lions go 4-0 in the preseason in the year they went 0-16? They did. <laughs> I'll answer my own question. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was all in on Kenny Pickett this year. Well, so that's right. I know, but it feels like you were all in on this strategy of getting guys that nobody else wanted, and now you've left yourself very few outs. I think one of the few outs that you do have is flipping James Conner while the Cardinals are still trying to win some games. So he still has value. Um, do you sell, see yourself making a move and officially putting him on the trading block? Yeah, anybody's on the trade block. You know me, I'll trade anybody. I've had offers for uh, for Connor, but it's just nothing that I want to take. It's not worth it right now, the offers I got. Are you looking for a two-for-one where you get two players? Yeah, I, I like two for ones as long as it's better than somebody on my bench. I mean, I don't want to take Samaji P. Ryan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Santos, did you want to add anything to this conversation? Because I know we, uh, you know, I think I think the reason why myself, well, the, listen, Mike and I. Were he's my American brother, all right. But the reason why he got <laughs> a lot of slack was, I think, because he had so much extra money um, after the draft. So, part that with not having like a big name stud, it's easy to like pick on. No pun intended. Um, but like, like even Mike said, and even Johnny said, if Mike has, let's say, like Mar Jackson or a Trevor Lawrence or a better quarterback. I really don't think he's getting a lot of hate on his team because he does have five, six players that are pretty solid, and I think maybe everybody in the league would slot those guys in their lineup. Obviously, Deontay Johnson going on IR hurts you. Montgomery's injury right now is questionable. That hurts you. That's tough. You can't really do anything about that. The rest of your lineup was pretty solid in NFL players. It's it's Pickett that really you know, kind of brings question marks to a lot of people. But you know how it works, right? If you believe in a guy, you got to take that risk. You got you got to do what you got to do. You can't listen to all the so so-called experts who say this guy's better than this guy. Pickett's not a bad quarterback by any means necessary. Um, he's shown flashes, um, but I think you could have just slightly upgraded and maybe had Pickett as a backup to see if. You know that that works out. Other than that, like, there's no way anyone's going to rule out Mike yet. Um, everyone knows he's a great manager. He's willing to wheel and deal, and it's not like he's got a team full of bums. So, um, it just the chirps are flying, and everyone's you know excited for football first couple weeks. So, you know, it's still early in the season. Um, I'm expecting Mike to be battling it for the playoffs every year, just like he does. But I think the question is, or the main question I have with the strategy of going for a sleeper quarterback, it's 
you're going with this sleeper, but you've left yourself no, again, no outs. You didn't, uh, you know, pair him with a more veteran, safe, stable quarterback, Kirk Cousins type, who you could have gotten later and cheaper, just so that, like, just in case Pickett didn't perform or, or the way he hasn't performed thus far, um, you know, you left yourself no outs moving forward. And then additionally, you know, in our league, once you complete the draft, any money left over uh, after the auction draft, you actually get to use it towards your uh, free agency budget. And so these first couple of weeks when guys, uh, you know, are splashing and coming out of nowhere, he's had the opportunity to add guys off of waivers. And even though he has double the amount of money as everybody else in the league, he hasn't been splashing around and getting those getting those guys. Uh, for example, uh, Daniel Jones was on waivers this past week after his, you know, terrible week one performance and great performance against the Cardinals in week two. And uh, Mike allowed himself to get outbid by two dollars or by a measly two dollars for for Daniel Jones because he only put eleven dollars on him. And you know, the genius manager who got Daniel Jones. Uh, Got him for thirteen. So, who's the genius manager? Uh, this guy right here speaking. And then, and then try to trade him to me for for Connor. Well, yes, when, yeah, uh, yes. When oh, I oh, you saw got... that you additionally had interest in Daniel Jones, and I have Lamar Jackson, I'm only getting Daniel Jones as a a trade chip and or insurance. Of course, I wanted to try to make a deal with you. Any if, good if, manager if, would. If I wanted Daniel Jones, I'd have put a lot more money on my put. Eleven dollars on him if I'd have got him, I got him. He wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna start him. Okay, so he but played, he played the Cardinals in week two. Let's see how he does tomorrow against the Forty ers Tony's talking about Daniel Jones like he's Patrick Mahomes, but then he'll go around and offer him in trades like he's I don't know. Can we pick it? Like <laughs> I don't know. Tony's delusional the last couple of days. I'll, no, I'll I just think right uh, Santos. Who do you like more moving forward, uh, fantasy prospect wise, uh, Daniel Jones or Kenny Pickett? I Dude, mean, that's to tough. To be honest with you, it's, it's it's a toss up. But like, I think to your point, um, I'm not gonna go. Like, if I was in Mike's situation, I'm not gonna go and splash money just because I have it on Daniel Jones. Like. I know, I but that you're Mike still not answering the question. Slightly, Just answer no, the question. Like Mike, Who would you I, rather I have? Can't say that I, want it. I can't say that I want Daniel Jones over Kenny Pickett, to be honest with you. Um, it's a toss-up. I, I wouldn't want either of them. I wouldn't bid for either of them personally. But if Mike doesn't believe in Daniel Jones that much, why is he going to go and spend a good chunk of his money? To get a quarterback of Daniel Jones's caliber... I'm sure Mike could make a simple trade to get somebody like that. I don't see it being that much difference from Kenny Pickett overall by the end of the season. I think Mike's only play, if he's really interested, would to be to make a big splash for like a more guaranteed quarterback. And that's not even like that might not be his plan. Like Kenny Pickett could still put up good fantasy numbers. Like we don't know. It, 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 Mike's right. It's been a tough two matchups. You can't expect anybody to perform against the 49ers. Uh, divisional matchup against Cleveland. Say what you want about Kenny Pickett, but, you know, they got the win, didn't they? Okay, they, they got the win because their defense put up more touchdowns than their offense. 
okay, but he still got <laughs> like, the Like, what are we doing here? Okay, so... He, he still went out there. He still went out there and got the win against a division matchup. Okay, but That's in fantasy confident. football, you don't want game managers who just go out there and get the win. Mike doesn't get extra points because his fantasy right. quarterback won. But I also don't want quarterbacks that are going to um, put up zero points especially when they're getting smashed 40 nothing, and you know all they're going to do is throw. Yeah, in really a, a monsoon against they left, probably the best defense okay, in the but league. They left, them, they left them out until three minutes left in the fourth quarter, and he still had, what, negative points? I mean, you can take it on any angle that you want. You can't, you can't sit there and tell me that it's stupid to not go after Daniel Jones. No, what I'm He's saying not, is that he right, still has – what I'm saying is more the theory. He has still left himself no outs. Well, listen, well, we can go like 10 I, minutes on Daniel Jones and Kenny Pickett, but that's kind of a little boring for No, I know, but I think the here. conversation is more... Giving himself the wiggle room. I get correct. it. Correct. Give yourself the wiggle room of getting another piece. Like, how long are we going to be on this Pickett? train are you only riding the picket train because you changed your name to include him in your fantasy well, I, team? I, I don't feel there's a big difference between picket and daniel jones i mean they're pretty they're pretty equal there's Either an 11 dollar difference I, I, yeah I, I mean you I felt there was Carr difference enough because you made a bid for him i have Derek Carr on my bench i dropped Derek Carr. i could i could have kept Derek Carr and see what picket did and then played Derek Carr over, over i mean Derek Carr feels a better quarterback than jones all right, all right. Not 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 too much on picket. We've had huge trades go down in our league this yeah. week. So let's kind of recap yeah. that. We'll start with the number one. Um, Santos and Ed uh, made a bit of a blockbuster, to say the least. Well, um, Ed, Ed's made a couple of blockbuster moves so far, but must be nice. I know what you're going, but um, everyone always um, bashes me for offering some crappy offers but <laughs> to be honest Yo. all the offers that i've gone through have i offered one bench player in my offers well so what ed know. is speaking about is he got called out in the group chat now when you're having conversations and negotiations with other you know team owners there's a certain gentleman's code that you're not necessarily going to reveal what those conversations were or who was offered. But one of our newest managers, Kyle from Kenda, immediately went to the group chat and completely flamed Eduardo for offering Garrett Wilson for Christian McCaffrey. Well, it wasn't Garrett Wilson straight up for Christian McCaffrey. It was a bundle. But it, it, what was the bundle? Because I can't remember, the bundle already, has to be pretty I've, good for I've Christian McCaffrey. I've traded so many dudes and gotten rid of so many guys. I can't remember what See, the bundle was. See, that's where I question the situation because it's like it was either like Garrett Wilson and one of my receivers. Like it was either uh, Garrett Wilson with a with a Drake London or a Garrett Wilson with a DJ Moore or a Garrett Wilson with someone that I had. I know so Garrett I've Wilson sent multiple. I'm always sending multiples because I learned from Tony when you send a lot at like 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, then you start forgetting <laughs> how many bundles you've set. You know, like sent out. I know, so. but we're talking Garrett Wilson, who had just lost Aaron Rodgers because this is in between Week One and Week Two. Yet still f has put up. Uh, a great amount of numbers compared to other players who have flamed out so far this season. Okay, but it's truly been by miracle. It's only if been two weeks away. The Jets games. No, 
Every time they Zach Wilson, speed Garrett com- Wilson. Yes, but every time Zach Wilson completes a pass, it feels like a mini miracle. Well, with what you were saying, Gianni, well, I just needed to get so that yeah, out of the way. No, nah, it's okay. It's okay. So we had a trade. Um, Santos acquired Jamar Chase and Garrett Wilson from yeah. Ed for Justin Jefferson. I'm interested to see or hear both parties on reasoning why they made that trade. Uh, so we'll start with Santos. Go ahead, Santos. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty quick. I think between Ed and I, Ed and I will will, will always be talking, just like all of us in this uh, chat right now. We'll we'll always be talking, but for for this trade particularly, it happened pretty quickly. Um, Ed and I, we were kind of on the same vibe, and we wanted to make a splash. Um, he kind of just hit me with what do you think about Jamar Chase and Garrett Wilson for Jefferson? And he hit me right away with it. No, no beating around the bush. It was just straight up right away. And to be honest with you, when I read, when I read the text, I was, I was taken by it for sure. I was like, wow, he's not messing around. He's clearly offering, you know, two good players. Forget about the situations that they're in. He's offering two guys who are really good at the game of football. Um, I'm 0-2 right now. I'm 0-2. Um, I'm happy with my 0-2 team, to be honest with you, but I'm always looking to, like, spice it up. I I had been looking for a another flex player who I was kind of looking to slot in every week other than, you know, Gabe Davis. I'm, I'm buying low on Chase right now. Obviously, it's hard to trade Justin Jefferson. He's hands down probably the most reliable fantasy player in the game, so it's it's going to be really hard to trade a guy like that. But you know, if you're if I'm betting on Garrett Wilson's talent, um, I know he's probably going to have some bad games, but I still think he's going to have some really good ones based on his talent. And I'm not buying into you know Cincinnati being this bad for you know much longer. I think Chase is a, was a buy low candidate, and you know it was kind of just like you know what, let's just do it. So and it kind of just happened that way. Wait, uh, well, before much? you go with the, I wanted to explain my side real quick. Okay. Um, he's right. He's the one who texts me. And then I think, did you start the conversation or did I send you a message? I thought you sent I, me a message, I, but. Yeah, I started the conversation because I wanted one, either you or myself to get the Chase Higgins combo. Right. And I told you either I give you Higgins or you give me Chase and we'll work around what our deal is going to be then. Right. And that's how the the conversation kind of took off. But he goes, do you want to like, you know, make it spicy? And I was like, let's make it spicy. And um, <laughs> yeah. so, um, yeah, I offered him. I was like, dude, how about this? Um, I, I it was hard to make that move. Uh, because then I'm giving up like you know two studs for just one stud, so like it it's a pretty risky move. But you know, I just figured, hey, you know, let's just put all the chips out on the table, see if it works out for both of us. You know, um, Santos has a hell of a team at zero and two. I don't know how he's zero and two with that stacked team that he has. To be honest with you, I'm just a tip. I'm. I'm just a terrible manager, man. I'm just a terrible manager. So Santos, uh, so go ahead. How I mean, obviously you've acquired Chase. How worried or how not worried are you in regards to the Burrow injury? 
Oh, I'm not worried. Like, like you, I'm, you know, you don't win your football league in week two or week three. I'm not worried. Like, I got guys who are good at football, and I traded a guy who's also really good at football. I mean, it's hard to trade the best player in a deal, but I'm a value guy. I can spot value, and this Ed offered me a lot of value here. If I believe that Chase is going to be, you know, even 10% less than he was last year and Garrett Wilson, let's say the same thing, then good players. So I said, you know, I'm, I'm looking to gamble here and this is a good offer where I don't feel like it's that big of a gamble. So I, you know, I, we kind of just went with it. I'm not worried. I'm not, if I was worried, I wouldn't make the deal. In fact, I want to, I want to get Joe Burrow. And I want to solidify the Cincinnati, you know, offense because I believe in their resurrection. But um, that's harder said than done. So he's currently, Joe Burrow is currently sitting on the bench of the manager who owns him. Um, yes. Stafford's starting ahead of him. Wow. Yeah. Who's Stafford got Joe Burrow? picked off of waivers. Uh, Tom does. Survive if I let you. So what, what is like a move theoretically that, you would make or what's a position you would offer or what's a, a player caliber what basically who would you offer to get Joe Burrow for any manager out there who's thinking about buying low on Joe Burrow? Um well I'm not gonna expose what I would offer on on the chat here. <laughs> yeah. um, Just what the type but, of player is. But like I'm I'd be willing to like, you know, give up give up Trevor Lawrence. Um, but I, I wouldn't want to swap because I really do believe Lawrence has great pieces and he's going to be, you know, somewhere in that five to seven range as quarterback at the end of the season. I think that's really good. So I would look to maybe get a little bit of juice on Burrow and, and I'd be willing to give up, you know, Lawrence, but I'm not going to go into detail about like too much more. So, so what are you saying, Lawrence for Burrow straight up, or you're you're looking to get a little more back because of Burrow's yeah, injury? Like, um, yeah, I don't think at this point in time I'm in a position where I would need to do that straight up. Uh, but if I was, if I was like a hundred and ten percent down on on the plan, I would, regardless of Joe Burrow's situation right now. I would make that deal straight up if I didn't believe in Lawrence. I do believe in Lawrence. So as a, as a, you know, worst case scenario deal, I just keep Lawrence on my team, but I'm the kind of guy who likes to stack up. So now that I have Chase and Higgins, you know, getting Burrow is something that interests me because I like to go all in. Um, It is a risk. It is high risk, high reward. But um, you know, I'm I'm open. You know, I'm open to making deals. Um, I'm not going to rule anything out. Um, I can't say, for example, what I would give plus or what I would accept plus Burrow. But I'm interested, you know. And Tom knows I'm interested. But Tom Tom's got a good team over there too, right? He could be holding on to Burrow for a backup plan. He he could also believe in Burrow as much as I believe in Burrow, and he's kind of just waiting it out. Right now, Stafford's playing unbelievable, so if you have him and Burrow's not playing good, it seems like a no-brainer to play Stafford until Burrow starts showing you know, that he's back into form. Correct me if so I'm wrong. Hard- Sorry, Santos, to cut you off, but um, Tom also has Anthony Richardson? Correct. Who's in the concussion protocol for the second week in a row? Yeah, so in terms of like a Lawrence for Burrow swap, 
I see the value for Santos if he wants to get that stack. But, I mean, realistically, it's a lateral move. Like, they're both in the same tier to me. Like, you're not really yeah, getting, you're lateral. not really gaining. Like, if Santos was like, here, just take Lawrence well, for Santos Burrow. Santos is gaining. He's trying to get the stack. For Tom, it's yeah. But just I think, the, okay, cause, so can we talk about the strategy of the stack just in general? Like, is this still a play in 2023? It feels like it was very popular four or five years ago. I think is it depends a, on the league you play in as well. Okay, so uh, what is the benefit of having a stack? I, I've never well, really I mean, understood it. I don't know. Well, it's good because, I mean, you can even ask Mike about this. Mike went all in on the stack, too. I mean, if Pittsburgh's 2-0 and right now and Pickett's playing half-decent and Deontay Johnson isn't hurt, Pickens and Deontay with Kenny Pickett, that's, that's a pretty ultimate stack, too. People like the idea of, of getting the stack. If it hits, it's amazing. If it doesn't hit, it's tough, right? It's clearly a risk, and I feel like only people who are really risk takers will go all in on the stack. Tony, you're you're someone who does that. Ed, I know you've done that before. Johnny, not so much because he's not he's not that into the quarterback. Um, Mike, he's clearly proven that he's into that too. You know, a lot of people like that idea. It's not really a, a, an old school idea. It's if you believe in your guys, you believe in your guys. I know, but how is that any different than just choosing good players, regardless of their team? Because like, I think it's just more—it's it just more fun, right? Like if you're if you're in if you're invested in a team, like if Santos has Burrow, Chase, and Higgins, I don't think there's an advantage points wise, maybe, which is the point that you're getting at. But it's a lot more fun and interesting to be like, okay, like the Bengals are playing the Chiefs. I'm super excited yeah. rather than like having, you know, just chase. And then like last week Higgins gets both touchdowns and you're like, fuck, like, is it more bad? A bad game. Well, like the Cincinnati Bengals offense is so good that he's going to eat at, he's going to eat regardless. Right. If he has that stack. Was it beneficial back in the day? Because every team had that one stud and it was primarily like quarterback feeding the stud the entire game, you know, and that stud was only getting the targets, whereas now you have multiple, you know, receivers on a team to, you know, we talk about these duos all the time. Tampa Bay, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Um, Cincinnati, Chase Higgins. Um, What are some other teams that have, you know, the, the dual threats? Well, right so, now, the one stack that I would want... Miami. At, yeah, I was Miami. about to say, Miami with Tua, Waddle, and Tyreek. Tyreek. Like, I that's think, that's. I think the it's stack. more beneficial now. I think it's more beneficial in today's NFL than it was five years ago. It's clearly a more passing-driven league. Um, you know, WR2s on teams are probably more valuable than they've ever been. You're trying to tell me if you have Tyreek Hill on your team, and then you have... Trevor Lawrence and Tua both on your team as well. You're not you're not excited to play the Tua Tyree combo and try to get the value for Trevor Lawrence. It's an exciting thing. So you know it's a pass. Earlier though, you said, "Hey, it's for somebody who likes taking risks." Well, I'm looking or speaking to you right now. Last year, your huge stack that you continued to go all in with. I think even in multiple leagues was the Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton stack. And we know how that turned out. And then we also no, have yeah. somebody else on the phone 
who went all in on a stack this year uh, with Pickett, Deontay Johnson, and Pickens. So it's not like this is just like some guaranteed foolproof like method for success. Uh, no, it's definitely not. It is a risk. And when you um, lose or when you're wrong in a situation like Mike is this year about Pittsburgh's offense thus far, you are 0-2 and, and putting up like the lowest amount of points weekly in the league for back-to-back weeks. What were you going to say, it, it Mike? It could happen. Yeah, but we played it, – it's the third week of the season. It's, it's We played – Two of the toughest defense in the NFL. I know, but when I asked you yeah, I, what are well, the plans, what are games. the moves, right? What are the moves you're thinking about making? What are those moves? I have moves I have moves I can make, but I'm not making them right this minute. Why so are you being like, you patient? So I can make moves, but I don't want to make those moves right this minute. So I'm why are you being patient? And pick it. I'm gonna give them a couple more weeks, see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, then I'll make some changes. But, so, but I'm not just going to abandon it now just because, oh, no, I'm 0-2. So being 0-2 before. And I, I remember there's been a couple of seasons you've been in the bottom, and you, you made trades, you made waiver pickups, you made moves, and then you ended up, what, I think you won a championship that year when you had a bad start. So for the other people on the call so other than Mike, just a quick poll. What is more likely for Mike to be in two weeks when we gather again for another pod? Is he more likely to be 0 and 4 or 2 and 2? Ed, I think it's possible to be 2 and 2 depending on the defenses coming up. I I was okay, also. What is he going to be? But I say 2 and 2 based I, on I was, with his current roster. Yeah, I was um I was a believer in the Pittsburgh offense coming into the uh, season two. Like I I had targets on. Pickens or Deontay. Like, I wanted whichever one I can get my hands on. I unfortunately got outbidded because he had more money than I did at that time. But now the quarterback, not so much, but the receiving core I did have. Like, I wanted one of the guys, either or. He got both and the quarterback. Um, so I can't really bash him too much in believing in, in that offense. It does suck that you had to start the season against right now that looks to be like the best defense in the NFL. Um, and, you know, it's Kenny Pickett's second season. It, it, but it is what it is at the moment. I, I would give it an, a, a couple more weeks. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I would have had at least a, a backup plan with the quarterback in case. But I, that's just the way I do it. I always have a... So a, with the current roster, Gianni, two and two or zero and four for Mike? I would say zero and four, but it's not necessarily because of the Pittsburgh stack. I think losing Montgomery and Acres are two huge blows to his team because he doesn't have like enough superstar power to overcome something like that. He needs those guys to be productive and solid week in and week out. And when you lose a player like Montgomery, who was getting Decent amount of work, all the goal line on a good offense. And Akers, who was, you know, coming in, he, like, the last four or five weeks of last season, he was an RB1, clear cut. So when you go in um, to this year without those two running backs, it's like, damn, like you're losing two starters. So I would say 0-4 is more likely than 2-2. Two and two. Santos? Um, it's so hard It's so hard to, like, predict that. Um my gosh, we have classic, so many fence riders. Classic, uh, classic Canadian answer over there. <laughs> yeah. No, I gave my answer two and two, but I told you I also believed in that offense before the season. So, 
yeah, like there's no way you can watch George Pickens with your own eyes and tell me that you don't think he's an unbelievable talent. Uh, maybe he's not in the greatest situation, but I think everybody would want George Pickens on their team. I, I would I would say Mike probably might go one and one in the next two weeks, more so on the side where you did you did lose a couple guys, which is probably going to hurt. But you know I'm not the last guy to I'm the, I'm the last guy to try to tell you that I know what's going to happen with the matchups. I'm just looking for putting up points. Yeah, uh, I, I can't mean... control what the, Mike can't control what the other team does. If Mike goes and puts up 120 and takes an L. You know what's Mike supposed to do? You know what I mean. That that's that's fantasy football right there. It's too hard to predict. Uh, if if I had Kenny Pickett um, and that that trio, let's say you know even Deontay's not hurt, and I believe in them, I think I'm going to wait on them before pulling the shoot after two weeks against two really really tough matchups. You just have to. You just have to wait on it because you'd be selling them at their all time low, and you'd be moving on from them. You know at probably you know, the worst situation in the season for them. Uh, Tony, real so quick. Gonna, oh, go ahead. The so. Raiders and, and the Texans are the next two opponents. I, I was, so, Mike, I was just, I was just searching that up right now with the next. So um, that's, that's going to tell you all you need to know. Well, if they're average, forget it. You're done. Okay. But then at that point, well, hold on. If they don't perform Let's finish well, with saying, what, what do you, what do you, what are you going to um, give Mike? Uh, answer your own question there. No, I think it's more likely that he's sitting at 0-4 than 2-2. Two two. All right. Because I wanted to move on. We got to move on because we're already 30 minutes into this, and I want to <laughs> move on to the injuries The injuries that have been occurring oh in the God. NFL right now and how it's Insane. been impacting not only the NFL in fantasy world as well. Um, I think a lot of people are feeling it. We just we just talked about Mike's team, where he's his you know a lot of his team is impacted by these injuries. We've had a lot of the big name running backs go out with injuries. Um, so obviously, I mean, this is football, so there's going to be tons of injuries every year. But I don't remember a year where there were these two. many superstar injuries by week two ever. Can you guys like? Correct me if I'm wrong. Like I'm Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, freaking Jonathan Taylor's not playing. Cooper Cup. Eckler's not an injury that you can really consider to be season ending, so you gotta you, you can't put that in. Rogers uh, and, as an Eckler owner and, this year, uh his injury but, certainly matters. No, hold on. No, I wasn't talking t- about yeah, season about ending. We're talking about injuries no. in general. Yeah, injuries we're not talking general, season okay. ending, Santos. We're not talking season ending. We're just talking injuries in general multi-week injuries for superstar players well i mean i'll start it off um it's hard to just it's week two um i feel like you know saquon went down early last year or two years ago um there's always going to be a stud that goes down um i don't think that's uncommon the nick chubb thing it was it was gross the injury was really gross you hate to see that you know what I mean? No one ever wants to see that. But it's not sticking out to me as like, wow, this has been an absolute crazy year so far. Um, the Rodgers thing is disappointed. To me, I'm only really looking at it like Rodgers and Chubb. Um, everyone else is kind of still like day-to-day. And I think maybe 75% of decent fantasy players are probably going to miss one to two games throughout the whole season. That's pretty common. 
it, it doesn't strike me like it strikes you, Johnny, where you're like, wow, this has been a crazy season. So I'm going to say no to that, but maybe you guys feel differently. Tony? I think a lot of it and the more interesting question is how does that impact draft strategies moving forward? Um, when we know the position is susceptible, like it, it feels like getting a stud RB1 in a fantasy draft that actually stays healthy is a complete cheat code to success. Um, I forget what the percentage of teams that won the championship last year were, but in terms of like how many of them had like a Christian McCaffrey type, a Austin Eckler type guys who stayed healthy and performed, it's truly a cheat code when you get like that RB1. So you have to try to, I guess, roll the dice and get one. But man, in terms of the injury risk outside of, you know, Cooper Cup, it's all of those RB1s, the Jonathan Taylors, Austin Eckler, uh, Aaron Jones, those guys, uh, Nick Chubb, those are the guys who are going down, not necessarily the receivers. So Gianni, does that impact your your future drafting strategy or even did that factor into your current drafting strategy uh, when it comes to early round picks? Do you go running back or do you go wide receiver? Uh, I think it depends on the league. If we're talking specifically to our league where we have to only start one running back, I'm not really going out there to go super RB heavy. But look, because of all the injuries, there's a case to make that you need more of them. You, you know what I'm saying? Because you need more, like, if you just go in and you draft two running backs and, like, these are your two guys and they get hurt, like, you're you're scraping the wire. Like, it's, it's really tough. So I feel like in today's age where it's more likely that a running back goes down, I feel like that should make you want to draft more running backs, if that makes sense. So, like, it also depends on if you're having an auction or a snake draft. Um, you know, auction, I feel like a lot of times the running backs tend to go early and for a lot of money and it, it happens every year. Not, not like, like this year where by week two, you have like almost every stud out for some injury reason, but there is usually like you were saying by the end of the season, a lot of guys that were winning championships don't have stud running back like those the the seventy dollar running backs that you're paying for in the auction league to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean a lot of them are hurt or they underperform. I mean, one year you had point. Montgomery that you just that was on someone's bench that you ended up winning the league with. You know that wasn't a sixty dollar running back. Yeah, the at the end of the season, I think a lot of the running backs like look very different. The ones that are producing at the end of the season aren't necessarily the ones that are producing at the start of the season. I sometimes when I go into one, that's why I say it's the difference between auction and draft, and also like you said, different league. Uh, you know, depending on what your needs are, right. or how many running backs you have to start. In the snake draft, you know, you, you got to pick up running backs. It doesn't cost you anything. When we're in our league, I don't. I feel a little hesitant spending that kind of cash on these big names because, yeah, they're great to have them when they're producing for the first couple of weeks. But like, I always seem to have that feeling that you're not gonna have them like by the second half of the season. Yeah, you always get that. Like, you always just feel like something's gonna happen, right? Right. Yeah. And usually, it's right. I mean, it's true. But here's. Here's a good stat that I just found. Um, from 2016 to 2020, okay, 38% of the documented 
um, injuries that uh, players on the injury report um, and have missed games, 38% occurred between week one and week four. So that just goes to show you that those first four weeks have a good chunk. In 2021, so a season before last, that number dropped down to 19%. Um, that kind of tells you that even still, even though that number dropped, it still shows that the weeks one to four seems to be the most plagued time for injuries, regardless of the year and regardless how, how many happen. I don't know what message that sends, but the stats are showing that most injuries occur during the first four weeks of the season. So what we're going through here might be more in the realm of, you know, expectations than, than our surprises. It's just kind of which guys and which big name guys go down compared to, you know, maybe secondary players. It's a pretty common thing, though, based on the stats. So you're you're seeing that uh, most most of the players are getting injured at the start of the season. Yes, that's yeah. that's, that's what the Tony the, and the, Tony the Tony and I were talking about that, and it makes sense. Is because all these people are skipping training camp. All these people aren't in game shape when they start the NFL season, and that's why you're seeing all these soft tissue injuries. People aren't ready to play. Soft tissue. That's the name. Yeah, of that's a very good episode. point. Um. So Santos, you um, moving on to the next topic. You uh, brought up um, and uh, a topic to the table about pet peeves um, based yeah. on fantasy football. And um, did you? I, I'll give you the mic if you want to start off. What it? What is it that you? What? What is it that? That is your pet peeve, or what? What did you want to dive into that? I really only have one pet peeve when it comes to fantasy football because. I like to let, you know, every manager has their own way of doing things. So I can't really, you know, tell a guy to do this or do that, or, or it'll bother me if he doesn't look at my view of things. The one pet peeve I have, though, is when you've, you've talked to a guy and you guys are clearly, you know, talking deal or, or interested in some sort of discussion, and you go and, you know, send an offer and you get an instant reject. And you don't get a counter offer. It just ends there. And and I'm not just saying you send a guy and he's done with it. I'm saying you guys have already been talking and you know that there could be a potential to a deal. So you test the waters out and you send one out and you don't even get a counter. I don't care personally. I don't care if the counter is a horrendous counter. I'd rather receive a counter offer after talks with somebody then just get a trade completely rejected and the talks just end there. It, to me, it's so deflating. I hate it because it's like, damn, I was enjoying at least talking trade. And now it's like I send something and now it's just an instant reject, which probably happens a lot. But now it's like, where do we go from here? We can't even talk anymore. Now I feel like if I have to go and talk to the guy, I'm like pushing him. And it's like, <laughs> It just, it really grinds my gears sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, do you guys get that feeling? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's let's ask Mike, what is his pet peeve in fantasy football? I have two of them, actually. Oh, One is go ahead. Same go as ahead. Santos. I agree with Santos 100%. My other one is some of the trade offers I get compared to what other people get. It's like I feel like people send me 
terrible trades just to send it because, you know, back in the day I was the king of the fantasy league. So now I feel like I don't get as good of offers as I could get. And then when I respond back with a, with an offer that's fair, it, it just gets rejected. Because you think people are afraid that they're, you're going to fleece them? Yeah, I don't think that people offer me the same the same trades as everybody else gets. Are you, saying, are you saying that the ghost of Chris Carson is in the stench of Chris Carson <laughs> is following you? No, it's not. <laughs> I don't want to hear from Nancy's team anyways. That's that's the one that's no. the one thing about managers, like and I'll go right into my pet peeve is just like you make a deal with them one year and they lose the deal and then they just hate you forever. Like it's like, bro. Like not every. Yeah, or they. The, yeah, exactly. Like they want to come back and be like, bro, you won this last deal, so you gotta give me a good deal now. Like, bro, I've got a guy that I made a deal with like over ten years ago, and he still hates me for it. It's 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 insane. Like the emotional. Do we know who he is? Is he in our no, league? No, right he's now? he's in another league. Uh-huh. But it, like, just the emotion that this guy feels, just because like. I won a deal, just takes away every other deal that I've lost to him ever. And it's just, I don't know, man. I think you just, you got to take the good with the bad. Not everyone's going to win every deal. And if you lose the deal, like that, that shouldn't hurt your relationship with uh, the trade partner. So that would be my pet peeve. <laughs> Tony? Yeah, I don't necessarily know if I have any pet peeves. Um, I think, I think, uh, it, especially in our league now we've had some turnover and uh, the deals aren't necessarily as easy as they have been in the past. Um, we got some, uh, a little bit, I guess, fantasy smarter uh, managers. Yeah. It's a real league now. Like it, I've been it, saying it, when Tony was running shit with Mike back in the 2014 with fucking <laughs> Joe. And then uh, we all came in and now it's like, okay, it's a little bit harder to get stuff done, man. Not 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 every year is treated the no, same. No, but we do, you know, uh, right now my pet peeve is specifically that I've apparently earned this reputation of fleecing people and offering <laughs> unfair deals. And then I have different managers messaging me, DMing me and being like, hey, I don't actually believe this, but it's fun to like group chat about it. Wait a second. Wait a second. Whoa, is this true? Who are these people? Is this true? Uh, Some, we got to we got I don't believe that. I won't name names, but I promise you they are there. And I'm like, damn, you guys couldn't like stand up for me to say that I'm offering better deals now that like over the top. Uh, where I almost feel like I'm losing them in some instances just to try to get like my good name back. Like yesterday, you I made sent a deal. Me, like, your entire team for Justin Jefferson. Well, yes, because it would be fair. <laughs> um, but yesterday, I made a deal in which uh, I traded Mike Williams and Jalen Warren for Chris Godwin, basically. And I would think in a vacuum, Mike Williams so far this year is probably like a slightly more valuable piece than Chris Godwin. And just because I want to give the appearance that I'm just this very generous manager. Mike Williams manager, is not more valuable. Yeah, I mean, he's performed <laughs> that way so this far, year. So what, far, what, he's what, performed what, better than Chris Godwin, he, he, for sure. Well, Mike I, Williams is still standing, yeah, I would say. Yeah, and you're well, yeah. also watching somebody who's watched every single Buccaneer snap, which I'm pretty certain you cannot say the same, Santos. 
I yeah, can no, say I the mean, same. Like, yes, Gianni is forced to watch just, the Buccaneers on Sundays when he's with Ed and myself. I, I hate what you think Mike Williams is. He's not. Like, you need to just settle down on Mike Williams. Yeah, the potential's there, and he's a big body, but, like, it's been like this for four years. Mike Williams is exactly who we thought Mike Williams is. And who did we think he is? He's a borderline. He's a back-end. No, actually, he's a very solid WR3. I'll give him that. Oh, my gosh. He's a WR three. There's no way. There's no way you're putting him as a WR two. You just you know you're not. I didn't get to my pet peeve, by the way. Whenever you guys are finished. Well, no, well as as it as it stands right now, let's let's look at Mike Williams' rankings for this week. While you pull that up, I'll give at. my pet peeve. Well, I got two, just like Mike said. Um, one of them is when the, there's there are people that are participating in a fantasy league. And are upset that you send them a fantasy trade. Like, why are you playing fantasy football to begin with? But I think that has more to do with this particular owner not liking you. I haven't even done anything. He's also a Cowboys fan. Yeah, that's true, too. That sucks. The Cowboys. What does that have to do with him being a Cowboys fan? But um, Not wanting to trade. They don't think right, those Cowboys fans. (laughs) <laughs> they don't think yeah. right. <laughs> um, my my next one is, I first want to give a shout out to um, a couple owners that I've made trades with, you know, and, and, and that I've worked with. Tony, great trade person to trade with. He'll communicate with you, like Santos said. You know, he's a great communication. He'll send you something. If you don't like it, there's a counter offer or you can counter offer. Gianni, same way, but I always feel like he's trying to fleece you by in some which wow. way or fashion. Wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Wait, hold on. Gianni, what's your nickname in Canada from trading? Scamarillo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What can I say, man? Like, must be from that guy from 10 years ago. I made a bad trade in 2011, and it's never left. (laughs) What can I say? The stench. Uh, He can't get rid of it. Santos is another great trade partner. It just flows too good with the name. That's the problem. (laughs) It has nothing to do with the actual, like, trading. It's just such a perfect name that it's, like, impossible to not just, like, I, I could lose 10 trades in a row. The name sticks no matter what. Um. And San- <laughs> Santos, and Mike, Mike's another one. I've traded with Mike before. He communicates, but obviously Mike's my brother-in-law. So I mean, we we see each other and talk fantasy. Um, Santos, me and him, we've always talked. We've never favorite brother-in-law, my dad. <laughs> well, yeah, Tony's my brother-in-law as well. That's another thing. Brother-in-laws are easy because we all talk fantasy football. That that's the aside from that people that you don't normally speak with or don't see like Santos in another country you know we've talked in previous years you know trying to make moves I don't think last year was anything worked out for us we couldn't pull something through and then this year was just kind of like but we communicate he sends me something I'll counter or he'll counter and we we stay in constant communication if we uh if we don't agree on something we still try to kind of come back later on um uh, there's also a new owner that I want to give props to, which is uh, Chad. The Chad. Um, the Chad. 
great trade partner. He's new to this season. I'm going to give a shout-out to Chad. He just sent me Dalvin Cook and Kareem Hunt and, for somebody. Uh, but Big Dog. We'll let it slide. Big Dog. Shout-out to Big Dog, man. He's always willing to, but he's always trying to get the upper hand on you in the trade. Yeah, Big Dog is down to trade, but he'll never, ever have the two worst players in the deal. He's always, no matter, like, he'll never trade a depth trade in his life. Like, he would never do the Jefferson deal that, that Santos did. Yeah, he's a big game hunter. Like, he's getting Jefferson in that deal, no matter what. Like, he's not... That guy robbed me for $5 fab. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, um, I think... So, yeah, those are the pet peeves there. Um, what else do we have in store? Just to go back real quick, Mike Williams is uh, ranked oh, this God. week oh, as... God. Number 17 wide receiver, which would place him firmly in the uh, WR2 camp. It's week two and like, no, what his rank is, what his rank is predicted rank for week three. So not based on performance. Hmm? Is Williams better than Pickens? I think. Oh, hell no. No, I I (laughs) think that Pickens. (laughs) Pickens is a more exciting player to have. He's new. He's, you know, it's always nice to get the new shiny toy, and that's what Pickens is. Plus, he makes these super exciting catches. Unfortunately, because his quarterback is Kenny Pickett, a lot of those super exciting catches are him out of bounds, which don't actually count. Damn. As a football player, and you watch the two, I know, I know, Tony. Don't just say this because you have Mike Williams. There's I don't no have Mike you Williams. Think, you don't think that Mike Williams is a better football player than Kent, than Pickens, than George Pickens. Because, like, you can watch George Pickens and you can immediately tell that, like, if this guy gets the usage that some of these other wide receivers get, then, like, sky is the limit for this guy. He's got all of the tools. But fantasy isn't about getting who the better player is. It's about who's going to put up stats based off of the positions they are put in and what what their team around them is like. That's what fantasy is about. Plenty positions, and Mike Williams is a is a boomer bust guy. Yes, he can pop off for twenty, but there's going to be consecutive weeks of four to seven points, and you know that. That's what he okay, is. Okay, but is that not That's Pickens kind of... as well? Because if Pickens doesn't have no, the 70-yard catch and run from the other night, he only had no. four catches total. No. What do you think his stat Pickens line is, is... going to be? That was That's the definition of boomer bust. No. Pickens is just scratching the surface, Okay, getting his feet wet in the NFL. Um, Mike Williams has been doing what Mike Williams does for – an excessive amount of time for us to really say, okay, that's what Mike Williams does. And what he is and what if Pickens games. is just Mike Williams, but in year two? Okay, well, what if? What if is what if, but the eye test will tell you that George Pickens is a baller. Okay, whether the fantasy Okay, would you rather have in, Justin Herbert throwing you the ball or Kenny Pickett? I would rather have Justin throwing me the ball i couldn't catch anything but (laughs) i would rather obviously justin herbert throwing the ball but then i'll say would i rather a worse quarterback throwing to a guy who's just probably going to be his number one option or mike williams who will probably be under five receptions a game 
more times than not. If but, he's even in the game, like because he, he hasn't been proven to even finish like, a season like yet. I don't see, him, yeah, I, I don't see him surpassing um, five or more receptions in more games than he doesn't. He's a boom or bust play. He's a home run guy. Yes, he can hit. I'm not going to take that away from him, but but I think I that just, brings like, he up. Doesn't have. An interesting question. It brings up an interesting question. Would you rather have the WR2 on a good offense or the WR1 on a bad offense? Well, the thing is, is if the offense is bad, if the team is bad, okay, and the offense is bad and they're playing from behind, I'm going to take that that number one on the bad offense. The, the quote, the quote-unquote bad offense that's playing from behind. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna rather take that. Pittsburgh if, doesn't play from behind though, because they got a good defense. So they're just they don't. they're and just I, a bad I, offense. I period. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not like Houston a, that's racking up fantasy points galore right now because dog, I can't get a Pierce not. touchdown to save my life. Bro. Yeah, they got like, they had the depleted offensive line. That's why. But when you talk about the Chargers fully stacked, you got if Keenan Allen's healthy, he's clearly gonna going to demand way more looks if austin eckler's in the lineup that's going to be 20 plus touches whether it's rushes or dump offs a game that's looks away Najee harris can't run a ball okay pittsburgh can't run the ball they may they may have to actually force the ball to pickens because he is such a good talent and you want the ball getting forced to your guy even if your quarterback throws picks it don't matter you want the ball getting forced to him Mike well, it Williams does matter probably, when you're, you know, rocking the well, stack like Mike is. Okay, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about what situation do you want? Mike Williams, sure, he's the WR2, but he might be the third option on the team. And I don't even know if he is the third option on the team. They got Quentin Johnson. They've been using Josh Palmer. They use their tight ends. Like, they're, they're a pretty stacked offense. Like, let's let's be real. Herbert can find other guys. And if Mike Williams is open on a big play, Sure, maybe he'll reel in the points. Looking at George Pickens, I don't want to spend too much more time on this, but looking at George Pickens, like there's just <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> there's just no doubt that George Pickens is obviously like the most talented player on that offense. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Well, right, it doesn't so, take much to be. All right, so well, um, I want to do uh, move on to the next topic, which is a real quick question, everybody. Um, Gianni brought this one up. It says um, one player that you're worried about this year. In fantasy, right? Is that what is that what the question was? Yeah. Um, yeah. One player that you're most worried about doesn't have to be necessarily on your fantasy team, right? It could be it could be anyone anyone um, that you were that you were high hopes for, but like you're like, and you know what? It might not work out now. Or thank God I didn't draft him, which I was going to draft yeah. him. Um, Tony, we'll start with you. Uh, so in my keeper league, uh, we are able to have four keepers from the previous season and based off of how he finished last year and based off of preseason rankings, I decided to keep Justin Fields and, uh, I would like them to start running, uh, some actual design QB run plays to utilize Justin's strengths right now. It seems like they are trying to fit. What is it? The square peg into the round hole, even to the point where Justin Fields came out and said, you know, why does it look like he's playing so robotic? And he simply responded coaching. 
So it almost seems like the Bears are setting up Justin Fields to, to fail right now because they're not actually playing coaching and playing to his strengths. So that is my biggest worry. Um, I will not be selling him for the cheap because that's not a winning strategy is, you know, cause I've essentially by choosing him as one of my top four players, uh, you know, I essentially bought him high. So I, I definitely buying high and selling low is, is not a winning strategy. So I'm holding on to him for better or worse. Uh, and thank goodness I have Tua as well as Kirk Cousins in that league to play every single week. But so, I'd love to see Justin Fields turn it around because I am very worried and I'd love to be able to uh, trade him. Justin Fields is in the panic chamber. All right. Yes. Gianni. Um, for me, you know, breaks my heart to say because I was just so high on this guy and I love everything about him, but it has to be Garrett Wilson. Whoa. I mean – like what can you really like you saw Dotson, bro? Yeah, that's what I thought you were gonna say Jahan Dotson from No because there's more there's more of an investment, I feel like, when you when you draft Wilson. Like Dotson is like kind of like a a lottery ticket type guy, but with somebody like Wilson, it's like you see how talented he is. Like in his two games, he's still been productive with the worst quarterback in the league by far. Um, Tough but matchups too, though. Oh, um, who did he had? He had the Bills and Dallas, Bills right? And Dallas. That's, that's and, like, and this week is New early. England. Yeah, this week's New England. To really say. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the Bills are that tough of a matchup in the throwing game, but they uh, are. They're definitely. They definitely are. Yeah, I mean, you you see the, the but you, good yeah. I don't know. I'm just. I'm. I'm a little. I'm a little worried about it because I, I don't know. I feel like if they go out and get a quarterback, like if they had like Gardner Minshew, like I'm all in. I'm back in. Like give me Gardner Minshew and I'm 1,300 yards and 12 touchdowns. Like I'm ready. All right. So that that's mine. Mike? Did he mine is actually Pickett. Can you pick honest, man. I thought Pickett was going to be – this is going to be his year. He's going to be, you know, a top 10 quarterback, which he still may be. But as of now, the ne- these next two weeks will tell me what's going to happen. Mike, I would say go go pick up C.J. Stroud, bro. Houston sucks. Well, he, he, he could play. I have somebody he, that I can go grab. I, I have a guy I can get, and I'm going to wait these next two weeks. And okay. It, doesn't work out. I might go get him. I'm just saying. I like Stroud, bro. He he could he could put up some points. Who's next? Santos. Yeah, but who can pick it? Okay, uh, my guy is. I don't have him in uh, in our auction league. I do have him in another league, though. Um, it's not based on his talent. My guy is Drake London, and that's strictly because I really think Atlanta's going to repeat what they did last year, being uh, one of the top rushing attempts teams um they're i i watch them quite a bit um i usually watch red zone but i also have another tv when i'm watching on my own on a specific game that i want to watch i pretty much watch most of the of the atlanta green bay game i think atlanta is really going to try to dictate time of possession and they're going to try to run the ball as much as they can this year i'm worried about drake london's 
touchdown dependency because I don't think he's going to demand. I don't think he's going to have a lot of targets. Uh, I don't think he's going to have a lot of receptions just based on the way the offense is. He's going to be good, but he scares me in the sense where I, I think there's going to be a lot of dud games coming just based on the way the game flow is going to work. So he's kind of the one guy that, that scares me. I'm, I really hope I'm wrong about it, but I'm getting nervous about Drake London. That's the guy I'm getting nervous about. Yeah, just the great thing about fantasy is there's so many guys right now that are doing well that are not going to be doing well, and there's so many guys that are doing horribly that are going to turn it around. And that's why, like, we love it, man. It's like it's so random, and it's just that's football, bro. He's trying to get me to sell Drake London low. I see what's going on here. No, <laughs> he's just kidding. I mean, I, I, I totally no, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I yeah. just, I think that they're gonna be. This is just an anomaly, the the past two games, and I feel like they're going to be playing from behind once they start playing a lot of the better teams, and they're going to be forced to throw the ball. And I think he's going to be one of those that's going to, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, and Sandals, by the, way, by the way, I am worried about Dotson too. He's running a lot of underneath routes and – Brian Robinson is turning into Ladanian Tomlinson out here. So I guess the one I'm worried about is Pacheco and anybody on that Chiefs offense. Yeah, or you don't want to. Like, yeah, just even Kelsey didn't look all that great. That yeah, was his first week. game back. But he still somehow managed to get a touchdown. Specifically obviously. Pacheco, which he ended the season strong last year, like real strong, and I had high hopes with him this year, and so far it's it's been okay. But now he's got an injury, and it's kind of like, eesh. so, yeah. So, Mike, you guys I just, remember? Go, go ahead, Santos. Sorry, you guys. You guys remember? I can't remember his first name, but was it Craig Anderson? Who, who was that Anderson RB that was on Denver for a bit? CJ Anderson. Um, Mike was Anderson. CJ and CJ. No, I think it was DJ. No, Mike Anderson. CJ. C- the guy who J. did really well, CJ, like, is in. <laughs> Are you sure? No, not DJ. Bro, Santos, I'm D- saying A, B, C, J. <laughs> okay, yes, yes, yes. Sorry. All right. You guys remember CJ Anderson? <laughs> yes. CJ Anderson was always, like, a top four round fantasy pick, and then he would just crap the bed, and then, like, NFL playoffs would come around and he'd be rushing like 160 yards, two touchdowns. I remember he did that one year with Denver. He became like a, a fantasy god in the playoffs. Then the next year, his rank like skyrocketed. And then he did the same thing. I got a weird feeling Isaiah Pacheco has those type of vibes. He's on an offense where he's not going to get enough looks to really be dominant, but he's still on an offense that can make him be dominant a little bit, you know, like flashes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I mean, he's, they've he's already tools. They've already seen what Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is, and obviously it hasn't really worked. And I like the way that Isaiah Pacheco runs. He just runs angry all the time. And, of course, Jared McKinnon is the uh, passing down back. So I was assuming that 
Pacheco would eventually, you know, would 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 this year be like the main guy, which he he has been for the most part. The problem with the problem with that though, specifically with the Chiefs, when they're on the one yard line, guess what? Mahomes is throwing because that's just what he does. Yeah. He's doing his little flip to Kelsey or to whoever it is, and that's just what happens in Kansas City. But. Bro, you know why C.J. Anderson didn't work out? Obviously, he was competing with Monte Ball. <laughs> Monte Ball. Well, anyways, Go guys, uh, we're going to have to close out this podcast. We're already a little bit over our time. Um, want to thank uh, Santos again for joining us. Mike, thank you again for joining us tonight. I know it's a little late um, doing this recording. Um, Tony, G, thank you guys. From me, Ed. We're out of here. Thanks again for all the listeners. We'll catch y'all next week. Like and subscribe. It's the best one yet. It's the best one yet. Thanks for having me, Ed. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. I expect a trade offer from each each of you guys um, five minutes after I hang up this call. Possibly. To be honest, I'm I'm kind of sad. I'm kind of sad. I'm not going to get the locket and Mike Williams combos anymore. (laughs) Now that Mike Williams is Mike and Big Dog 2024. (laughs) Mike Big Dog 2024. Yes, sir. Y'all know who to vote for. See you guys. Bye.